Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Friends, I want to draw our attention here this morning to the responsorial psalm from today's Mass, Psalm 24. There is such a wild, absurd, insane sort of paradox, I would say, that comes right at us in the first few lines of this psalm. And, and honestly, there's a good chance you missed it. I've been missing it for years, and it just hit me this morning. Maybe you didn't miss it. I don't know. I don't want to presume. Okay. Here's the thing, though. If we do miss this paradox that's in this psalm and in the psalm response, then we're going to miss everything that, these, that this season is about. We're going to miss everything that uh, is being proposed to us in this crazy mystery of the incarnation. Okay, so the second half of the versicle, right, the responsorial psalm, the, verse, or the psalm response verse, we hear David say of the Lord, He is the King of glory. He is the King of glory. Then the first stanza of the psalm, The Lord's are the earth and its fullness, the world and all those who dwell in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. So do you hear like the, the imagery being employed here? This imagery of the Lord as the author, the supreme one, the creator, the master, the Lord, right? The Lord is the author of all creation with sovereign rights over everything that he had made, right? Powerful in might, majestic in glory. And yet, this is the part of the paradox. This is, this is the heart of it. The beginning of the, the psalm response. Let the Lord enter. Let the Lord enter. 
Like he who has sovereign rights over every part of creation is knocking. He's asking to be let into creation. Please, just try and ponder that for a bit. I'm not saying necessarily right now, but like in these days leading up to Christmas, just chew on that, that the author, the creator, the master, who has sovereign rights over all of it, is just knocking, just gently knocking on the door of creation, being asking to be let in. Just, oh, there is such depth to that. The king of the castle, the lord of the manor, is, being, is asking that the drawbridge be lowered for him to enter. His castle, his manor, his empire, he's asking for entry into it. Let the Lord enter. This is the gentlemanly heart of the Lord. This is the love of Yahweh, the bridegroom, the divine bridegroom, who never forces his way in, but he asks to be led in. This is precisely what's taking place in the gospel. It's like the church knows what she's doing when she pairs these readings together, right? The Annunciation, let the Lord enter, Mary. That's what Gabriel's saying, let the Lord enter, Mary. He's the king of glory. I will give him the throne of David his father, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Let him enter, Mary. He is the king of glory. So not only is the Holy Spirit, not only did the Holy Spirit beg Mary, a creature, to let the Creator in, the Holy Spirit continuously now in this Mass does the same, begging you and I to let the Lord in. Not just in the Eucharist, not just in this Mass, but in these final days of preparation, right? Are we making room? Are we creating the space? Are we allowing him to be let in? Fulton Sheen said a long time ago, he said that when all the scrolls of history are rolled and all the last letters are written, the last T is crossed, the last I is dotted, the saddest words in all of human history will be, there was no room for him in the inn. John the Evangelist in his gospel says, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. So in these days that lead up to Christmas, these are very crazy days, busy days. All the preparations, baking, wrapping, decorating, getting lists together, all this stuff. Are you able to create a little bit of stillness, a little bit of silence to hear the gentle knocking of the infant? The gentle knocking of God, Christ at the door, let me in. He's saying, let me in, let me in. So... Perhaps a few more moments of stillness, a few more moments of silence in our day, in these crazy busy days. But if we miss this, we miss everything. Amen.